All right. Today we're going to be discussing how companies can build a holistic culture of wellness with Casey Chaz, culture cultivator and mental health educator at Doppel. Welcome to Work at Life. This is a show for everyone who believes that work should be just as fulfilling as life outside of work and that the way to get there is through building more human workplaces. I'm Maddie Grant, a culture designer and co-founder of a culture consulting firm called Propel, and I'm your co-host alongside my fabulous friend Sonia Lucina, an organizational psychologist heading up the workforce division at Question Pro. Hi, everybody. So uh, we are here with Casey, who is one of my favorite people in the whole entire world. And I'm not even joking, like literally probably very, very high up on the list, really. (laughs) Um, And Casey and I have worked together in the past um, and uh, just really love her to death. But Casey, I want you to uh, just to introduce yourself and just describe a little bit about your work and your interests and then we'll get into our, our, you know, culture of wellness topic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was quite possibly the best intro ever. So we're going to go uh, downhill from here. But hi, <laughs> I'm Casey. Um, I'm currently with Doppel XR, which is a 3D AR visual solution for e-commerce. Uh, so I get to play around in the tech space with some pretty phenomenal people. My role, I'm all things employee experience. So I'm basically the people person there, which gets to combine a lot of my uh, professional passions, both on the mental health side, like Maddie had uh, brought up earlier, and like coaching and people ops. So super excited to be here. And this is one of my favorite topics. So it'll be a good chat. Yeah, so Casey um, knows a ton about mental well-being. It's something we used to talk about back in the day. So super excited to have you on to actually dig into this a little bit. Um, And I actually did not know that there are three things, three kinds of uh, what you would consider to be um, wellness areas. Um, And we have, as always, you know, a data point or two um, to kick us off and to like describe that a little bit. So Sonia is here to uh, start that convo and share the data with you. Yes. And I, I was so happy, first of all, that we're talking about this topic and I, <laughs> when thinking about survey questions, I feel like we could have asked like a million because it's it's just so relevant. It's so timely. It's a moment where a lot of organizations are thinking about these topics. And based on the survey data that we're just going to share, um, I really do hope that organizations internally ask and survey their employees as well so they can get a better understanding of what their their population, what their workers are looking for, because to us, when we got this data back, even though mental well-being, wellness, um, all of that is something that Maddie and I have talked about quite a bit, I still found it very eye-opening and very interesting when we got this information back. So the first question that we asked is, does your employer care about wellness as an employee benefit? And we asked this question to 300 currently employed um, workers across the United States, different industries, different tenures. And so when we asked them if their employer cares about wellness as an employee benefit, what was really like startling in in many ways is that a quarter of people, a quarter of their workers said not at all, like flat out no. And 
just over a quarter, 27% said yes, but only the basics. So for example, we have an employee assistance program. So those two together show this tremendous opportunity during a time that organizations are saying, how in the world do I retain my people? How do I attract the best people? Well, (laughs) if you, yes, if you do um, some self-reflection, this is something where you could actually find like a really big opportunity to improve. And so what happened with the rest? What happened with other 50%? Another just under 20% said, "Mm, sort of, we started discussions about wellness. So some people are thinking about it. And then the remaining 30 um, 17% said, yes, we prioritize physical, emotional, mental wellness. So good for you if you're an organization doing that. Um, and then another 13%, yes, we've got a variety of options like a gym membership or nutrition stipends. So some organizations are doing something about it. But again, if you're taking a step back and you're an employer and you're saying, how do I differentiate? Maybe, sadly, this can still be a differentiator because a lot of organizations are not doing it. Uh, But what we're seeing in research is that it's a true necessity. It's not just a nice to have. It's a must have. Mm -hmm. And there's still an opportunity to really set yourself apart if you have well-being and wellness programs done right. And so the next question we asked, and this one was maybe even more interesting to me, is if your employer provides some wellness benefit, um, what would you like to see more of? So still a quarter, you know, people said, no, we don't get any wellness benefits. But out of those that do, about 25%, and this one really stood out, said more mental wellness benefits, like stress management training, flexible work hours. And another 26% said more physical wellness benefits, like gym membership or healthy eating stipend. Now, why was this really interesting to me is as someone that's looked at, again, researched very deeply, both in talent acquisition as well as retention, what are some of the benefits organizations offer? A lot of times you would see like a gym membership. That was kind of like a, not every organization did it, but a lot of them did. The yeah. mental well-being was still something that oftentimes came with a stigma. And we've I, I mentioned a lot of times I lived half of my life in the United States, most of my adult life. And I feel like between the time I lived in Europe, US, and now Latin America, in Latin America, everybody has a therapist. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I think if you don't, it's very unusual. In That's Europe, so a lot great. of people did. I love it. Yes. It's, it's so like great. more Every people I think. <laughs> I know. And I'll keep saying it because I, I hope it like resonates with, with more and more people. Um, and so the last one, and this is the one that I, I'll love for Casey, for you to talk more about, because this was a learning point for me, is that about 12% of people said they wanted more emotional wellness benefits. So like employee assistant programs, meditation apps. Um, and then 15% said like, hey, I just like my company to prioritize this more like and start talking about it. Like I'm not even like almost picky about what it is. Just please <laughs> yeah. do it. Um, but going back, I think I, I'd love, um, Casey, for you to tell us a little bit more around this like physical, mental, and emotional wellness. Like what are the differences? What are you seeing organizations do? But maybe even first, just taking a step back and making sure that everybody understands, like, what is the definition of these three pillars? Yeah, absolutely. It's always interesting stepping into this conversation, because when we think health, when we think wellness, we think our physical shell, right? So I'm working out, and I'm eating right, and I'm getting eight hours of sleep. So that equates to being well and and having (laughs) peace. Um, 
And then we start to see that maybe we're still not feeling 100%, even though we're prioritizing those areas. So psychology has kind of pulled back and looked at a wider scope of different parts, different pillars of wellness and kind of brought these three main pillars and the way that they interact with each other in your day to day in and outside of the workplace. So you've got your physical health, which we discussed, it's, it's that shell, making sure you're taking care of the body that you're in. But then looking at these two pillars of mental and emotional health as well, mental, emotional wellness, that looks like your mental health being how you process things. So that could be stress management or decision making. Um, And that ties into how we go about our role at work or how we go about making decisions in our life, maybe how we pursue different things personally and professionally. And then you have your emotional wellness, which is the piece that people aren't speaking about quite yet. But as we start to see mental health, mental wellness come up in conversation, we're seeing emotional wellness peak up as well. And that's your heart. That's how do you experience things and taking care of your emotional wellness or receiving emotional wellness benefits from an employer is really prioritizing things like how do you experience, how do you uh, cope, your coping skills or some emotional regulation skills or even self-expression and how you show up in an experience professionally or personally. So now we're looking at as wellness benefits and perks are a large conversation in the workplace, especially in talent acquisition and retention and making sure the right people in the right place um we're looking at looking at the whole person walking into the workplace it's not just your physical sitting a warm body in a seat you're bringing your mind and your experiences with you so employers starting to prioritize all three pillars is sending a message to employees that they want all three of those things to be prioritized and engaged in to make sure that they are well so that People can show up in their professional lives and personal lives as their best self, balanced in all three instead of prioritizing only one. It's been really interesting to see. Yeah, so what I wanted to really, I mean, what I really loved about this topic is that, you know, we have talked ad nauseum about the importance of this kind of stuff, right? Like the why companies should care about this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Um, particularly around the pandemic, you know, blah, blah, blah. We've said all of this. Everybody knows this now. Um, and, and, but what's great about that is the big opportunity that, that's, that has arisen in terms of being able to talk about mental and emotional and physical wellness, um, you know, the awareness that it's brought to the table in terms of how important it is um, for organizations to actually play a part in helping to keep their, their, people happy and healthy, right? Um, But what I really wanted to dig into in this conversation is the actual specifics, like the Mm -hmm. practical, like, okay, we we get it. It's a good idea, but like, what do we do? Um, Mm -hmm. And that's where this idea of these kind of three different areas, I I thought could kind of spark some ideas. Um, And I'm wondering if like for small organizations that don't necessarily have a huge budget for, for benefits, you know, with a big B. (laughs) Um, I feel like in these three areas, there's still lots and lots they could do. Right. Do you, do you have that sense, Casey? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest resource that you can invest, whether you're a small company or a large company is really investing in the conversation and normalizing. Um, You know, we mentioned earlier, 
therapy and what it looks like in different countries. So starting to have conversations about emotional wellness and mental wellness and physical wellness and what support can be provided as a resource is a great place to start for any size company. Whether you're hosting wellness webinars and using internal resources to be able to get information out there, or even looking at maybe you can't afford a gym membership and a free, you know, nutrition subscription and headspace, but you can afford a small stipend to give every employee as a wellness stipend. You do what you think needs to be prioritized to help your mental, emotional, physical health. It sends that reassurance that you're really looking at the whole person and starting to implement these things as you're a growing company. It should never be something that's thought about post 100, 200 employees. If you can make your core five realize that you care about their health, that says a lot as you continue to grow. I would think you would even care more if you're small, because if you're small, everybody's working. Yes. And every person caught like you lose one and lost my arm. Um, Yeah. And I was thinking about that too, because a lot of times like we think about who has ownership of something and Mm -hmm. is it HR and how big is the HR department? And one of the nice things that I think that's emerging is that there are a lot of people like all over the company, regardless of the size of the company that are really becoming more and more passionate about these areas. Like there's more people. And I feel like within a person, there's like a greater sense of knowledge and a greater sense of passion. And what I've seen in some cases is like, if you ask your employee base, like for somebody to raise their hand and say like, hey, we're looking for, for a volunteer to do X, you'll get somebody that'll be really excited about it. And maybe they're in marketing or maybe they're in sale. Like it could be any group and they're going to say, you know what, like, and you get a lot of these transformative stories. Like I started to meditate and my life changed so much, or I started to take care of my mm-hmm. physical well-being, and like, wow, I became like a better spouse. I became a better daughter. I became a better mother. Like, and because of like that personal impact, they're willing to share that out. So I think also having those mm-hmm. conversations, because a lot of times what I'll see in organizations is the the lack of bandwidth and saying like, we just can't take this on right now, or who's going to take it, or it ends up with a person that's maybe in the department, like an HR, that's like, oh, well, it makes sense for HR to run this initiative, but it's just not something that they're personally passionate about. And on top of not having the right bandwidth, it doesn't get executed right. Or it doesn't, you don't do, you know, check-ins to see, is this actually working or what do people want, et cetera. So I think that's something else for a lot of companies because now even, you know, during the pandemic, HR departments were running around and saying like, we're just so burnt out. We're strapped so thin. Like it's so hard for us to take on something we understand the value of this, um, but we can do it. But to think about like, and I think it's also like a really nice way for people to give back. Like when you mm-hmm. think about a sense of belonging, like I know for me personally, it's funny because anytime I talk with my partner, I'm like, oh, I was able to do this or that, a question pro. He's like, wow, like it's incredible how much you care about connecting with your colleagues and giving back. And I'm like, oh, I do. Like <laughs> I never think about that because I'm just excited about something. And, and there's many people like that too. So I think that's just something, again, to both of your points, regardless of how big the organization is, like sometimes even in a big organization, people still feel like they don't have bandwidth. So to be able to kind of like, create an alliance of people that can, you know, be a, have a group and share their passion and execute, I think could be really powerful. So have you come across objections to this? I mean, there's, there must be people who are, <laughs> who are like, oh, this is, we don't want to waste our money on this, or this is completely, you know, pointless, or it's not, it, it doesn't help 
you know, the, the bottom line or like our ability to make profits, you know, et cetera. Like what, what have you heard like that? (laughs) Facing a leadership group, let's say for example, which I've had experience in the past coming up with, you know, let's prioritize wellness a bit more. And the question of, well, what's the, what's the return on investment here? Before we what the perk is what do we get back and sometimes it's humbling to have to have that conversation of you know you get your people in their in their best place back and that's the best possible investment but digging a little bit deeper sometimes the conversation is but we already provide x why would i go any farther when we have a gym on site the reality is that Having a gym is a great start and it's a focus on physical wellness, but it's not accessible for everyone. It's not going to benefit everyone's wellness. So you may think that supplying a gym helps the whole, but then survey your people and find out that only five people use it. So typically in this conversation where, where there's pushback, my first reaction is, why don't you ask? Ask your people, what are they needing more of? Where are they having difficulties finding their own, you know, wellness perks or where are they they lapsing that they need just some support filling the gap? Because for some people, a wellness perk might be babysitting and childcare at the office. For other people, that might just be a great gratitude journal month challenge instead of a fit challenge. So until you talk to your people about what they need, you can't really just decide that it's not worth it. And you'll be, you'll be interested to see what people will come up with when you ask them what they need for their wellness in any pillar and especially all three together. Yeah, I mean, that's why I love these pillars so much because it just immediately gives you ideas beyond the gym and, you know, the just the obvious things. And you can yep. come up with, I mean, <laughs> childcare, like how perfect is that? Like that's a stress mm-hmm. relief right there, <laughs> you know, like it, yeah, I, I really yeah. love that. Yeah. Well, and that's like one thing I, I remember there was a big McKinsey report that came out during COVID around like for that specific, like what are people looking for? What kind of support? Mm-hmm. And it really highlighted the nuances. And I know like in all the, the conversations Maddie and I have had about culture and the differences and oftentimes how executive is experienced culture versus like entry level employees and everybody in between. I love Casey that you mentioned that like talk to people and ask people um, because you're going to learn so much. And I know when we launched and we mentioned this a couple of times, just like a very simple yoga and mindfulness class at question pro. And I remember at the time I was having a conversation, you know, should we do it with our founder and our COO And they were like, well, you know, I think it makes sense. Like, you know, let's see if people go and, you know, let's track the numbers. And I, I went back and of course we're a survey company. So we survey and we get that data. (laughs) But on top of that, anecdotally, even like, this is what also really resonated with. So survey data is what like initiated all of this. People saying like, we want this, we want more support with wellness. These are some of the ideas we have. So that was great. But then it was also really interesting because I said, you know, anecdotally asked a few people and I had like somebody on my team say, oh, my husband went by my calendar and said like, yoga and mindfulness, what's that? Um, she said, oh, my, or- you know, my company organizes that. And he's like, oh, that's amazing. And just that one comment like made them perk up. I'm like, you guys don't understand like even, yeah, like some people come, not everyone, of course, you can't get everyone even to like a mandatory company meeting, <laughs> but 
just the fact that the organization is allowing you to take that time is organizing something has all of this like residual impact and employment brand. And so that's why it's important one to ask, because to your point, Casey, like I think of like gym on premise and I'm like, man, even when I used to go in the office, like I would have to bring in this huge duffel bag because for those of you who don't see me, I've got a lot of hair and (laughs) I have really dark bags under my eyes. So I need to put some makeup on that. And so if I go and I work a real sweat, like I can't just throw clothes back on and go back to the office. Like no way. Or get on public transportation and take the train home. Like some cleaning up has to happen. And so to (sighs) me, like the physical gym um, was never really as useful, but to, you know, some of my colleagues it was, So having that conversation and that understanding, and that's why at the beginning, I even said like the data that we shared, I loved it um, because it resonated so much on the different needs that people have, but also that information is very going to be very different organization by organization because the demographics are different. The culture is different. Today, the philosophy is different. Like, are you actually asking your people to come into the office more? Can they work from home? Like, what Mm -hmm. is the setup? Um, and a lot of times for people to be feel heard has a huge impact. So I, but I love like also like what Maddie was saying to the diversity of the pillars and it provides an organization, I think so many options for how they can contribute and participate. It's not like you've got to do these three things and it's like, oh man, it is really expensive or it is really time consuming. Like, no, like probably the number of options you have is limitless. Um, and speaking of that, I don't know if you've like seen or read about like some particularly like, and we got it even in our survey data, a little like some cool ideas, like, hey, maybe like if you haven't thought of X, like you would want to think about that or maybe ask your employees who would be interested in why. Have you seen like some kind of like off the beaten path, quirky ideas for what organizations are doing? Yeah, some organizations are treating this, and you kind of mentioned it earlier, as like a a mutual share of passions. So instead of hiring a yoga instructor to come in on Friday morning to the office or to hop on Zoom and teach everyone, finding out more about what other individuals do with their own wellness and allowing them to give back. So we've got, you know, Cindy from IT who might teach her peers a yoga class, or we've got Caleb from engineering, who is really into um, cooking, who will sit down and go through like, this is how I meal prep and finding a way to almost exchange, not only provides the wellness perks without this large financial or time investment, but now you're creating bonds between your people. Um, There's also the call out that I sometimes have to remind companies, if you have an insurance provider that you work with, talk to them because there are so Mm -hmm. many different programs that are connected through Cigna, through United, where it be financial wellness classes, or there may be a discount to a national gym. And it's not something that needs to come straight from you. It's already provided, just not spoken about enough. Your EAP services. If I were to ask a company how many people understood what an EAP was and how it would help everyone and not just someone going through crisis, I'm looking at like less than 10% of the people having the full education. So just making sure that you're tapping into your people and the resources that already exist before Googling different like wellness providers and different online classes that you can pay for to provide for people. You have an abundance of knowledge and passion and different perspectives on wellness right within your bubble that you should tap into first. That's such a great idea. I just, I really love the idea of, of 
because you learn more about people, right? So it's yeah. it taps into diversity and diversity of experience and just all kinds of different ways to for people to get to know each other, which of course leads to belonging, which we all want, mm -hmm. right, in our organizations. Um, so just realize we are just about at time. I can't believe this conversation has gone so fast as always. Um, but Casey, do you have like a you know final thought for our listeners today? I would say no matter where you are in the organizational structure, before you dive into the conversations about wellness perks and what you want or what you want to provide, um, your number one emotional mental wellness perk to provide a strong foundation for this is trust. So make sure you're fixing any cracks and trust within your organization and building that bond and that relationship back up so that individuals feel comfortable speaking up about what they need and what they can provide and continue to build, uh, break down that stigma around mental wellness or emotional wellness so that it can meet our physical wellness ideation. But that's about it. And I'm so Yay. grateful to have been here. <laughs> oh, it was so amazing to have you. Like we need to have like coffee or something like. Yeah. Like because Virtual. This, it was just such a brilliant yeah. conversation yes Definitely. thank you so much <laughs> thank oh, you for having me ladies all right and uh, we'll see everybody next week